BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day. Nevertheless, Phil Giraldi joins us now. I don't know that Ash Wednesday or Valentine's Day would keep you away from us, but welcome here, Phil. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Well, thank um, you. Has APEC corrupted the American government? Well, uh, I think there's no question but that the American government is has been corrupt, corrupted by APAC and other groups that are dedicated to what we might cause, call or they might call the uh, American-Israel relationship. Uh, the question is, to what extent uh, has it taken place? There have been a couple of articles appearing uh, recently uh, itemizing how many congressmen were getting how much money from um, um, APAC and other similar sources. And uh, it's quite astonishing to read. Uh, some people uh, like your senator there from New Jersey, Mr. Menendez, was up in the $3 million range. And uh, so, you know, this, this kind of stuff is going on constantly. The government is naturally corrupted. The politicians don't care about what you or me or the rest of the public think about Gaza. Uh, what they care about is that they keep that money flowing. And if they vote the wrong way, it is going to stop and they're going to get a lot of bad press. So this is, you know, this is the way the game is played. And uh, it's, it's not a question of what's right or wrong. It's a question of uh, what's in this for me, I'm afraid. Are, are American members of Congress, House and Senate, fearful of APEC that if they vote against what APEC wants, uh, APEC will donate money to their opposition, whether it's in a primary or a general election. Yeah, that's one of the things they're they're terrified of, and uh, of course the other the the uh, the way it works out in practice is when APEC uh, pushes up a candidate. Uh, Ninety, I believe APEC boasts that. 98% of the time, in the most recent national election, the candidates that APEC promoted and supported and funded uh, beat their opponents. There have been a number of uh, congressmen that have been uh, uh, William Fulbright, Chuck Percy, uh, among two, two others, and there are many others that have actually lost their seats because of APAC and other groups uh, deciding that they weren't friendly enough to Israel. Is Israel what the, UN, uh, what the New York Times calls it, an ally of the United States. 
No. Uh, an ally is someone who is in an agreement or a relationship with the United States. And the key element in it is reciprocity. That's why you have allies and why allies, the allies America has, want to have an ally like America, which is strong and, and capable of, of being protective. So this is, this is the way the game works. Uh, Israel has it one way. Israel gets money from us, a lot of money from us, over $10 billion every year. It, uh, it gets weapons from us. It gets political cover, which may be the biggest benefit they get out of us. Uh, the U.S. has done 47 vetoes uh, of, uh, of uh, resolutions that were critical of Israel. So that's how that works. Israel gives us absolutely nothing in return except trouble. Is there a, a treaty between the United States and Israel that obliges uh, American forces to come to Israel's defense if it's attacked, much like uh, NATO, for the most part, obliges us to come to the defense of a NATO nation, should it, member nation, should it be attacked? Yeah, that's Article 5 of, of the uh, NATO agreement. Uh, there is no such agreement with Israel, and um, there is no such agreement, I might add, with Ukraine. Uh, and Ukraine was never in a position to threaten the United States, uh, which would have kicked in other alternative ways of the Biden administration to to somehow support it, but it didn't even bother to do that. And so we have both Israel and Ukraine involved in wars now in which we are involved because we're providing money in both cases, weapons in both cases, and uh, we have uh, advisors and intelligence people and military people in both places. So we are at war and uh, no, no uh, act of war was ever declared. And also we were never threatened. This is an interesting uh, time we are living in. I, I get it that APAC and other uh, pro-Israeli government uh, groups are, are pressuring members of Congress, but where's the pressure coming from for Ukraine? That's nonsense that the Senate purported to uh, debate all uh, weekend. I saw a clip of a speech that uh, Chuck Schumer gave and one that Mitt Romney gave. They were both absurd. We can play them for you if you want to see them. It'll turn your stomach. I saw a clip of what Senator Rand Paul said, and it was courageous and, and forthright and understanding. I get it on Israel. I get the pressure on Israel. Where does the pressure come from for Ukraine? This number was 90 some odd billion, 61 billion of it, the lion's share to Ukraine. Well, it's a lot of the same people because we're talking about the neoconservative movement, which has, has based its, uh, its appeal on overwhelming, uh, shall we say, military force as an option to use uh, to promote American interests worldwide. So there are a lot of ways this manifests itself. Uh, and and uh, I would add that uh, uh, when I see, uh, go, go for example to the American Enterprise Institute site, it's the same people who are advocating uh, a total support for Israel and also total support continuing for Ukraine, even though everyone sort of perceives now that that's a lost cause. But this is the, the same people. And I, I might add a lot of the Jewish neoconservatives uh, are themselves of Russian background, 
And uh, this has uh, led them to actually kind of hate Russia as an issue going way back in their families and in their perceptions of what life was like for them in Russia. So it's, you know, it's a, there are a lot of uh, elements playing into this, but the fact is that it's, it's kind of all the same people. I want you to see uh, Senator Romney's simplistic argument. This is cut number eight, Sonia, uh, when I finished talking. Um, this is a series of clips that we put together in one speech that he uh, made about what will happen. This is really absurd, but I'll let you comment on it. Forgive my editorializing about what will happen if we fail to help Ukraine and help it now with all these billions. If we fail to help Ukraine, Putin will invade a NATO nation. He may delay his next invasion until he rebuilds his decimated military. But we must be clear-eyed. Ukraine is not the end. It is a step. If we fail to help Ukraine, China will eventually absorb Taiwan. If we fail to help Ukraine, NATO, the alliance that's prevented great power conflict for over 75 years, will falter and eventually disintegrate. If we fail to help Ukraine, China will eventually absorb Taiwan. If we fail to help Ukraine, we will abandon our word and our commitment, providing to our friends a view that America cannot be trusted. Now, Ukraine is on its last legs. Does, does the man know what he's talking about, Phil? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. No. This is a perfect example of an ideologue who shapes all perceptions of events and developments based on what he wants to believe. And nothing he said in that uh, little discourse of his uh, actually is true in the way he was trying to uh, project it. Uh, I'd be very happy to see Mitt Romney uh, go back to Utah and become a bishop, bishop in his church and and keep out of trouble. But the uh, fact is this guy has been around for years. He's uh, come out with nonsense for years and he's not the only one. I mean, he's just uh, maybe one of the worst uh, and ideologically driven. And uh, uh, we, he sounded a lot like uh, someone speaking for the uh, Biden administration. Well, if there's anybody that's worse, it's Senator Chuck Schumer. This is number I'm not doing all this to raise your blood pressure. Forgive me. <laughs> this is number 11, Sonia. Now, this is Senator Schumer on Sunday night. Apparently, they voted Sunday evening while we were all uh, asleep or watching the Super Bowl. Um, and here's what Chuck Schumer had to say from the floor of the Senate. 
On this vote, the yeas are 70, the nays are 29. The bill, as amended, passes. Mr. President. Majority Leader. Thank you, Mr. President. Could we please have some order? Well, Mr. President, it's been a long night, a long weekend, and a long few months. But a new day is here, and our efforts have been more than worth it. Today, we witnessed one of the most historic and consequential bills to have ever passed the Senate. It's certainly been years, perhaps decades, since the Senate passed a bill that so greatly impacts not just our national security, not just the security of our allies, but the security of Western democracy. What conceivable argument can be made, Phil Giraldi, that any of this, aiding Israel, aiding Ukraine, aiding Taiwan, materially or even marginally or even infinitesimally advances American national security? Yeah, well, my my big problem was is the argument that this is protecting democracy or protecting freedom uh, because neither Israel nor Ukraine is a democracy by any definition. And uh, neither one of them is real big on freedom. Uh, for people that uh, are their neighbors or are, speak the wrong language or are uh, re religiously uh, differently orientated. Uh, neither one of them is real big on that. So we're giving uh, a ton of money to people who will use it to continue wars that are not in our interest. And uh, we get a clown like Schumer who stands there and gloats over the fact that He's uh, sticking it again to the U.S. taxpayer and to the people in this country who have indicated in opinion polls that they're not supportive of these wars. So they get, you know, they get away with it in every way they can, uh, and they come out with these, this sanctimonious crap, uh, which they don't really believe. They're too smart not to realize what the reality is in Ukraine and what the, the reality is going on in, in Gaza. And uh, but they're never going to admit that they're never going to find any fault in nations that they've decided to declare as friends and and to protect. And they're never going to find any fault in uh, downloading a ton of money on these people. And also on, I have to add, the defense contractors in the United States who will benefit from much of this. What, what do you uh, think? your uh, former colleagues in the CIA who are on the ground or extracting information from those on the ground in Ukraine are telling Joe Biden. They're on their last legs. The new general's nickname is Butcher. His own troops have given him that nickname. He's known for thrusting people right into battle, not caring if they come back alive, and most of them uh, don't. Uh, the government is about to collapse. Oh, but send $61 billion over anyway. What is the CIA telling him at this point? Well, they're probably telling him the same thing that analysts from the Pentagon are telling him and from State Department are telling him. They're all telling him the reality that you just described, that this is on its last legs, uh, an infusion of money, uh, a, a considerable part of which only goes uh, to keeping the government running 
which means, you know, spreading the corruption around. So everybody is happy and on board until it all falls apart. So this is just, this is awful stuff. And uh, the I'm sure that the agency people that are over there, like uh, the other analysts and the other other intelligence people, uh, the State Department people are all, you know, they're seeing what's there and they're probably reporting it. But when it gets back to Washington, there's kind of a, a, a magic show that takes place where all these contrary reports are somehow uh, put in a cabinet somewhere. And the stuff that goes forward to the uh, uh, policymakers uh, like Biden and uh, his crew uh, somehow makes it to the top. It's a it's a it's a game that's being played that uh, we, we try to fool the people. We try to do this and this is how we do it. Here's uh, more game playing, Sonia, cut number nine. Here's uh, President Biden after the Senate vote about which Senator Schumer uh, gloated and during which Senator Romney gave that absurd uh, speech. Here's the president. Now he refers, I think he means, sometimes he doesn't always say what he means. Sometimes you don't know what he means. Sometimes you don't understand what he's saying. But at the end of this little clip that we're going to play, he says, may God protect our speaker. He might be referring to Mike Johnson, who's a Christian nationalist and who might appreciate hearing the president say, may God protect him, because Speaker Johnson fears that if he brings this Ukraine um, Israel thing up for a vote without whatever else the Republicans in the House want with it, uh, he might be challenged for the speakership. But here's uh, the president he, last night. It's time for the House Republicans to do the same thing, to pass this bill immediately, to stand for decency, stand for democracy, to stand up to a so-called leader hell-bent on weakening American security. And I mean it sincerely. History is watching. History is watching. In moments like this, we have to remember who we are. We're the United States of America. The world is looking to us. There's nothing beyond our capacity. We act together. In this case, acting together includes acting with our NATO allies. God bless you all. May God protect our speakers. And I promise I'll come back and answer questions later. Thank you. Sir, when Trump said that, sir, what did Putin do? What's plan B if the speaker doesn't act? I wish he would have answered some of those questions. I would have challenged them, as I know you would, on decency and democracy. You're going to challenge Israel. You're going to say defending Israel and its slaughter, and I'm going to let you t let you tell a story about torture in a minute, and call it decency. You're going to challenge a country that has a religious requirement to vote and to run for office, and in some cases to own property, and call it democracy. You're going to refer to a country who that's influenced by Nazis, Ukraine, and call it decency. You're going to refer to a country that just canceled its elections in 2024 and won't let anybody leave the country and call that democracy. I could go on and on and on, but I'll let you take it. Yeah, well, you, you've hit all the points. I mean, there was not a single thing in that brief oration uh, that was true. I mean, and, and of course, the, the one I really like is the one how it's keeping us more secure. You know, we're, we're a lot safer. You Americans are a lot safer uh, right now because we are going to give 60, $61 billion uh, to the, one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And we're going to give another $14 billion to another country that is committing genocide 
and is closing in as we speak on the on a million refugees have, who have nowhere to go and they're about to get bombed and they're about to have uh, uh, a, an army uh, coming in to shoot them. So this is uh, the kind of uh, friends we have and this is the kind of uh, world we are creating by this kind of nonsense. And, and, and far more scary than that was kind of the, the, the way he looked and the way he was speaking. And, and, and this is one scary creature I think you're being charitable, Phil. Uh, what have you learned today from your sources in Israel is going on in certain Israeli prisons? Warning, this is a little gut-wrenching what, what Phil is about to tell you. Yeah, I, um, I came across a, an article uh, today from the Middle East that was completely credible based on, uh, on eyewitnesses and uh, some of the victims of this practice. Uh, apparently, the uh, Israeli army is operating two prisons, one of which is on the border with Gaza, and uh, the other one is in the south of Israel itself. And uh, in these prisons, they have, they exclusively have uh, uh, Palestinian prisoners. Now, these prisoners are often people that are not charged with a crime, that they're not caught in, in flagrante committing terrorist acts or anything like that. They're just ordinary Palestinian men who are rounded up and brought to the prison. And um, lately, the, it appears that uh, they've been um, stripped down to their underwear, brought into um, uh, special rooms in the prisons where they are beaten, tortured, and humiliated. Now, the interesting aspect of this is that uh, recently, uh, the Israeli army has allowed Israeli civilians to come in and witness what is going on and uh, participate by uh, by cheering when uh, they feel appropriate uh, or uh, or trying to humiliate the prisoners by shouting and screaming at them and also taking uh, video movies of their with their uh, phone cameras uh, to be able to share the experience with family and friends. Uh, I have no reason to doubt that this story uh, is, or to think that this story is in any way false. Uh, uh, I will be posting it. And, um, but, you know, this is just so hideous and it gets more hideous every day. Uh, this is an abomination. And we Americans are ended up to the eyeballs, thanks to our government. Thanks to uh, the president who's funding uh, genocide. Now he's funding a uh, torture. Uh, this is, of course, against the UN Charter, against the uh, Convention on Torture, um, uh, and against the Geneva Conventions, which expressly uh, prohibit parading soldiers, uh, humiliating them, uh, and particularly allowing uh, the public to take pictures of them in uh, prisons. This is uh, this is sick. I guess. Uh, with what Israel went through at the uh, International Court of Justice, what Joe Biden is supposedly said to uh, Benjamin Netanyahu on the phone, including some rather barnyard uh, language, has had no effect on tamping down the behavior of the uh, IDF, the Israeli troops in Gaza, and now apparently 
uh, what they do to prisoners once they bring them out of Gaza. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's an outrage, and it's a. Uh, the fact that this is all visible to uh, uh, the world community if it chooses to, to look. And uh, a lot of the world community has looked and is, is, is reading this and seeing this. But in, here in the United States, I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, the New York Times won't be telling you the story, I don't, I don't think. Uh, so it's a, uh, there's a cover-up going on, and there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's a lot of corruption. There are a lot of politicians who have been bought by the Israel lobby. Uh, Joe Biden clearly is uh, uh, an accomplice in what are war crimes and probably the most extreme of war crimes, you know, torture and genocide. Phil Girardi, my friend, thank you for your uh, courage and your sources and uh, telling us all of this as unpleasant as it is. We need to know it. And we appreciate it. And, of course, we will help you get the word uh, out there. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. Whew. Coming up at uh, 4 o'clock uh, this afternoon, Eastern, Aaron Matei on more of this, on what is the uh, Israeli army up to now and why, in God's name, we're sending money close to $100 billion to Ukraine. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom.